0: you Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. I'm meteorologist Kirstie Zontini, And I'm meteorologist
1: McCall Vrydags. This is a podcast all about weather. We are two broadcast meteorologists
0: in Dayton, Ohio. And we just can't stop talking about weather. So when we're not on TV, we figured why not jump behind the mic to answer your weather questions and talk about all things meteorology.
1: Now remember, you can listen to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast anytime you want on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. Hey, McCall. Hey, Kirsty. How have you been? Good. We're getting up to the end of the summertime, and I'm finally getting ready to take my vacation. I know. Uh, I know you've done a lot of things so far this summer. And we talk about this a lot in the sense that I'm someone that takes all of my uh, PTO or vacation mm-hmm. time and lumps it all into one, where yeah. you take little breaks. Yes. You like bump up a couple days to a weekend. And um, so I'm excited about my trip. And I'm going to Myrtle Beach. But you just had an exciting adventure this past
0: weekend. I did. I feel like uh, the past two summers, my husband and I have really done a lot of long weekends. But that's because we've been blessed to have a lot of friends that have been getting married. Yeah. My little sister is going to get married in the fall. And one of my college roommates is getting married in the fall as well. Um, So this past weekend was dedicated to her. And I feel like we decided to, you know, kind of change the gender norms and our... Mm bachelorette party was a little more um, of a bachelor party because we were in the woods in a cabin um, and we went whitewater rafting yeah and it was exhilarating um (laughs) but horrifying at the same time uh we of course capsized our raft we did not make it through the rapids (laughs) Uh, but these were class three class four rapids which i don't know if we all fully thought about like We're pretty much beginners except for like three of the girls I was on the trip with. And uh, we just decided to go for it. Uh, It was a great workout, though. And we had like 90-degree weather, so Mm -hmm. it was a gorgeous day. Um, But capsizing our boat and slowly feeling as if we were drowning down the river until we were rescued is something I'll never forget.
1: What I was thinking of when you were telling me this story was like your level of excitement and adventure is so much higher than mine. (laughs) I mean, you're doing these rapids. Uh, Not too long ago, you flew with the Blue Angels. I mean, I don't know where this came from. Uh, No, what are you
0: doing? I'm not really sure. (laughs) I guess, uh, I really, I don't know. I feel like these great opportunities have all of a sudden, like, arisen. like, I can't say no to that, you know? Uh, But, of course, I felt completely safer with the Blue Angels as I flew with America's greatest. Than 30 Um, girls or A couple of my best girlfriends (laughs) as we tried to navigate uh, the Great Rivers of Pennsylvania. Well. Yeah. We survived. You got an experience. But hey, uh, for me, that was one of my end of the summer trips. I know for a lot of kids, not only in the Miami Valley, but across the country, it's back to school time. I know. So
1: exciting. Vacations are wrapping up. Headed back to school. I remember always getting excited just for the initial first few weeks Mm -hmm. of school. You're going to get to see all your friends again. Mom always would take us to do a little clothes shopping. For me, that was exciting. Oh, yeah. I came from a very modest family, so we didn't buy lots of things Mm -hmm. all throughout the year. And my parents spent all their hard-earned money for us to do activities, and we loved playing soccer. But it was always the beginning of the year that we would get the new shoes and the new clothes. And that was exciting. It was kind of like Christmas in September. That's when I would go back to school.
0: That's actually a great way to describe it because yeah. really yeah we weren't buying clothes all year so it was like yeah. the one chance that you got to get whatever cool new outfits or if there was a store that you wanted to try yeah. um, you know you, you got to really do that but it uh, kind of segues us into our guest, mm-hmm. uh, which we've been talking to a little bit, you know, about, about what we're going to grill him on. Yeah. And I'm, we're, t- <laughs> we're basically going to just channel the kids across the country, try to ask some of the weather questions that I think would pertain to him because he is the man. Mm -hmm. Uh, for Centerville City Schools. Uh, (laughs) He is the superintendent uh, for Centerville Schools. His name is uh, Dr. Tom Henderson and he is a very well-educated man, hence the doctor. Doctor. He got his undergraduate from UD. He also went and got his master's at UD and then he got his PhD from Miami of Ohio. So uh, a lot of schooling, of course, goes into being a leader of a school district. Uh, He's been the superintendent for 10 years at Centerville and has been Uh, you know, within Centerville schools Mm -hmm. for 28 years, which is really, I mean, impressive. Almost 30 years, the longevity. That's insane, Uh, but it's also really impressive. Centerville schools, if you're not from Ohio, you might not know a lot about them, but it's a pretty big school district around here, 78,000, or excuse me, Mm 7,800 students, correct?
2: Actually, our enrollment's up this year, so we're going to be at about 8,200 students when we start uh, school next Wednesday.
0: Oh man. So we're recording this in what is today's date? Today is August 8th. So next month, So what? 14th? 15. 15th. 15th. Mm-hmm. 15th, which I feel like a lot of the schools at least around here is that 15th, 14th, you know, that right. you know, really next week was when most of our schools were like really kicking in.
2: Right. Right. I was actually checking the roster that was in uh, the Dayton Daily News, and so (laughs) I think there's about 36 school districts that start either next Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday of next week, so.
0: It's going to be a big week. What is it like getting into a new school year for you? Like, do you have a personal checklist? How many meetings do you have to go to? (laughs) What's it like getting everyone ready?
2: Well, I, I would say, first of all, our summers are very busy because we are doing a lot to prepare for the school year, and like all school districts, you know, our goal is to make sure that we have a great start, um, that we um, have everything ready to go, and um, and we have a, a as perfect of a start as we can, and so um, summers are pretty busy for us, but I would tell you that even after, you know, all the years in Centerville City Schools, um, the night before uh, the first day of school, I have a hard time sleeping, too, probably <laughs> just like all the teachers and the, the children do, too. So it's exciting, and it's, uh, you know, we, we love what we do, and um, it's always great to start a new school year. So uh, and, and I think we're like everybody else. I mean, I know our staff probably go out and buy um, some new things, some right. new clothes. And, you know, the kids go out and usually like new backpacks and mm-hmm. school supplies. And so um, it's an exciting time for everybody
0: definitely ready to go
1: yeah at this time of year you know people have to switch their brain from vacation brain back into school brain is there any advice that you give any parents kids or you know just to get back into that frame of, of school
2: well i i think one of the things that that I hear a lot is that over the summer you know that the students tend to sleep later so they tend mm. to sleep in and <laughs> and obviously with nice weather in the summer and days stays light later mm. that uh, the students children stay up later than they normally do you know when schools in sessions so I know there's a little bit of a transition every year of having to get up early now to, to get on mm. the bus and to get to school on time and and so you know trying to transition and to start somewhere uh, about uh, making some decisions about, you know, going to bed earlier uh, because you were going to have to get up earlier is one thing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, though. I think over the years it seems like, to me at least, that after the 4th of July, you know, the um, the summer at least seems like it's really winding down pretty mm-hmm. quickly right after yep. the 4th. So I, I do think there's kind of a natural transition or progression of of our, our thoughts about schools around the corner, and it yeah. seems like that occurs You know, even in July, towards the end of July. I
1: think so. I I think just in general, like, during the summertime, you just feel yourself, like, People now are saying, where's fall? Where's winter? Right. You know, their right. mindset is already, all right, I'm done with summer. Right. Yes. Let's get into those fall seasons and, and the winter seasons. And right. I, it, yeah. for me, I always remember this time of year. Like I said, I go to Myrtle Beach and I go this time every year. And that was always like the last vacation that my family and I mm-hmm. took. And we came back and then it was school. preseason <laughs> for soccer and right. then right into school, you know, just a little bit later than when you guys start. Right. Um, but yeah, I think your brain does start to transition. I think, oh, go ahead.
2: I go ahead. think this first semester of every school year, it goes very quickly, too, yeah. because mm-hmm. you do start back into school. You know, you I think we do look forward to a change in seasons. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the weather changes. Um, you, know, you have some natural breaks in there with Thanksgiving not too far off mm-hmm. already. And, uh, you know, the kids look forward to Halloween and you have the winter break coming up. So the first semester, in my opinion, always goes very quickly. Yeah. Football, soccer, golf, tennis, all those things are going on as far as sports. It's just it's a, a lot busy of activities time and it goes fast. You know. It's
0: going quick. It also kind of transitions to my first thought or question for you. Um, of course, you know, we get into, like had said, she played soccer. So doing, um, you know, maybe some preseason stuff. Um, for football could be two a days or any sort of camps that you may have that are outside Um, what i guess plans or thoughts do you have with your staff when it comes to dealing with kids in the heat and then kids in summertime weather that can be storms that quickly develop that kind of thing so you know for you as a superintendent do you have like your i guess summer camp plan
2: well i think you're right i mean especially this summer it's been a very warm Mm -hmm. summer a very humid summer and so you know all of those athletes that are involved in preseason conditioning and then typically august 1st is kind of the official date for um, practices to officially begin but um but our athletic director and all our coaches um are very careful to make sure that there's plenty of water breaks and um and we do have you know safety protocols in place in case we we do need to um Help student, you know, in a heat-related type of situation. You know, I would also add that one of the hardest-working groups that we have um, at the high school um, that also has to deal with the heat is our marching band. Yeah, you know, they they I are huge, practicing. huge oh group, goodness. and they're on that asphalt, mm-hmm. uh, which can get very hot, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, so they're they're obviously dealing with um, not just um, you know sunburns and right. you know uh, you know wearing sunscreen and those kinds of things, but You know, just from the, just being on that hot asphalt also. And they practice and practice and practice hours and hours every day as well. Well,
1: it's one thing, you know, talking about the band members and the players and and the coaches. But I'm thinking, you know, the big stadium filled on Friday night. Potential storms coming. Like, Mm -hmm. what is the process? Like, how soon do you have to make that call? Are you the one that's making the call as to like, you know what? We're going to have to cancel or or delay this game.
2: So usually it's a combination of, of a kind of a team decision um, about if we're going to cancel an athletic um, event mm-hmm. um, or um, a band event or something like that. But, but I'll, I'll tell you, most of the, it's always about the safety of our staff and yeah. students. And so that's always our number one priority. So you know, we can always reschedule if we have to. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so if we think something's unsafe or a condition or the weather's unsafe, it's not going to be a question or an issue. We'll, we'll cancel and reschedule. As far as Friday night football games, though, a couple years ago, we, we had situations where you could kind of see the weather coming in from the west, mm-hmm. uh, dark clouds, mm-hmm. and, you know, when you see um, the, the weather coming in, thunder and lightning, you know, immediately um, the game is, is called and not called as far as canceled at that point, right. but it stopped and all the athletes go in the locker room uh, we clear our bleachers, and in this particular case, um, we do have our, our bleachers um, have an opportunity or have a, the availability of, a, of something underneath the bleachers, so there is That's cover right. underneath the bleachers. Um, and, but then we also open up our, our high school, too, which we've done several times um, and had students go in there for a safe zone area yeah. and in one of our back gyms so that we could. Um, put them in that, that kind of a situation. So, so what
1: is your rule for coming back out on the field? I know there's always the rule of oh, yeah, like thumb 20 minutes. What yeah, do you guys do? Yeah. Typically,
2: it's 30 minutes after the last um, event, thunder mm-hmm. lightning mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, that, that And if, if it doesn't, we also, in, in today's world, you know, with smartphones and yeah. computers and everything um, and, and being able to listen to the news like WHIO, yeah. you know, we have the opportunity to... To also kind of forecast and predict a little bit, and if if the front looks like it's going to be slow moving or Mm -hmm. not going to be um, going away, or more severe weather coming in, that's all part of the decision as Mm -hmm.
0: well. Yeah, I feel like that's probably um, of course, and we will get into winter weather soon. But Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably got to be stressful because it's kind of a headache to have to clear stands. But Mm -hmm. really, going into the school, I mean, that's your. That is truly your safe zone from lightning, from mm-hmm. wind, from, say, you do have a storm that ends up producing hail or anything like that. Right. Um, is there any, I guess, event, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, is there anything that sticks out in your mind of like w- a wacky weather or um, a scary weather situation that you could remember? It doesn't have to be a football game, but just like in your school time. Was that a crazy time? Snowstorm? Yeah. Was there like, you know what I mean?
2: Um, I, I can't think of anything that's really dramatic, that, yeah. that, that really, you know, I, I, we've always tried to act appropriately and do what is safe for all of the students. Um, you know, like I said, a couple years ago, it seemed like every Friday night we were having some <laughs> yeah. kind of weather come <laughs> no, in, yeah. so uh, I remember it because <laughs> we, played, we it. finished <laughs> a football game like on the next Saturday morning, mm-hmm. for example, uh, but that was just kind of a, an unusual football yeah. season because we had uh, a lot of those rain events that were coming in. but uh,
1: Oh, yeah, um, I heard it from Mike Hartsock. I was just going to say, I me. do
0: feel like I, because McCall will always do um, the touchdown seven forecast with Mike. So mm-hmm. Mike always like, are we going to be okay to play? Like, we'd be like, well, just the scattered storm. And it's the scattered storm that's over Centerville. And like, mm-hmm. but do you, I do remember yeah. this. And it was, it was like every Friday and he was getting so frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. So many games would get called and they just have to. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, some some games we actually were able to get in, but I, I remember, um, you know, obviously, too, is towards the end of the season, and we had the opportunity to play two playoff games with our football season last year. And the last game that we played um, was in Springfield, so it was kind of a neutral site. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just really, really, really cold. And uh, it might have been the first time that it was really cold, but it was, I remember that game because it it, uh, It went on a long time. And (laughs) (laughs) we were all freezing by the time that was over.
0: It was hard to be outside. Uh Well, that's kind of perfect because I think probably cold weather in school is what most people Think about all the kids. They wait for their snow day, um, and that's probably maybe has the most decision making on your end because I'm assuming it's usually the superintendent that you make the call. I think maybe with be, a team, but yeah, still.
2: typically that's probably true in most school districts, and yeah. it's true in Centerville as well,
0: right? Yeah. What and we will start. Um, I guess kind of with what are your three criteria that you think about? Is it. You know, it could be snow, cold roads, whatever. But what are like the three big ones that when we are in winter weather, and you wake up, what time do you wake up?
2: Well, I, when I'm worried about the weather, I have a hard time sleeping <laughs> so at all. You so you don't so, wake uh, up. You're just up. So I'm I'm usually <laughs> so up. Most all the, I'm usually up all night or most of the night. Yeah. And, um, and typically for me, I I finally at about probably three o'clock or three thirty in the morning, I'll finally kind of give up trying to sleep and and. Uh, <laughs> and get out and, 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 and drive on the roads. Mm-hmm. Um, or I go into the office and, um, and I have a, a TV there, obviously yeah. a computer there that I can check the weather and the, the radar and those kinds of things too. And then I'll go back out. So that's a little bit too early to make that call. Um, so um, yeah, I think it, you know, we're looking at a combination of things, um, looking again to make sure that it's safe for our staff and students to come into school that day um, our buses, uh, first buses really start to roll about 6 o'clock or a little bit after 6. Okay. So, you know, I have to kind of back off from that 6 o'clock a.m. Um, time slot mm-hmm. and think about, well, when are our students going to go to the bus stops? Because mm-hmm. I would never, ever leave a student stranded at a bus yeah. stop. So it, in my mind, typically, you know, in a perfect uh, world, we would be making decisions by about 4.30 or 4.45. Uh, five o'clock, sometimes a little bit later than that. But, um, you know, we try to get the news out to our parents and our community and our staff as soon as possible.
1: I have a question. I know you have one, but I feel like I'm going to forget it. No, do it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back to like the like one of the very first things that you were saying, because I always thought as a kid and as far as delays and cancellations, is it as Uh, typical for a superintendent to go drive? Yeah that's pretty impressive. Or is that just something you do because you (laughs) care that much that you were like I want to see personally what it's what's going on?
2: Well I I think first of all for me I I feel like if I'm going to make the call I have to be out there and personally Mm -hmm. see that and be a part of that Um, but I will also tell you that um, amongst my Montgomery County superintendent colleagues I think that's pretty normal that most wow. of us do that. I, I know that, you know, the neighbors that I, the neighboring school district that I talk to, um, sometimes in the wee hours of the morning, you know, Kettering and in West Carrollton and Miamisburg, uh, Sugar Creek, Bellbrook, Brook, um, uh, typically, those guys or ladies are all out, too. That's uh, very, very so, impressive. Uh, and it
1: makes me is. feel very good that yeah. you and these other superintendents care that much, that mm-hmm. you're doing the work first before making that decision. Yeah.
2: And okay. I, I think it's also important to understand that some communities are different. You know, some have more hills and mm-hmm. more rural mm-hmm. areas. And so sometimes their decisions are affected by that. Um yeah. And, and and you know in Central Washington Township we do have some neighborhoods that do have some pretty steep hills and and those obviously are the places that I'm driving you know right. because if I know that on the kind of the neutral level or the flat surfaces in those neighborhoods we're going to be okay um, that's that, I know those are going to probably be okay but I'm hitting the hills and and making yeah. sure that those areas that I'm worried about are going to be okay too so.
0: Do you guys have like a group chat or (laughs) (laughs) are you (laughs) texting (laughs) each other in the early morning like we do when there's yeah when we do we're we're all texting each other about severe weather (laughs) just getting updates to each other actually we we do we text and we talk (laughs) and
2: uh um and we share Um, yeah and and again sometimes uh, a superintendent in another school district will feel like they have to um make a decision because circumstances or situations are different in Mm -hmm. their district and sometimes we feel like it's safe for us to go Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing we do as well and I think a lot of districts do this is we'll bring our transportation staff in early especially on those days where it's really really cold Mm -hmm. and the wind chill is such that we we worry and uh, our buses do have block heaters that are all plugged in electronically and, and everything so they all start But warming up a a bus um, takes a little bit of time. So we'll get people in and start those buses and get them warm, you know, so that when we do pick up the kids, the students, that uh, they are hopefully warmer than they would have been if we just came in at our normal time.
0: So, Um, so of course, you've got a lot of bus riders, but then, you know, with high school, you've got the kids now that are first-time drivers maybe. Um, Do you think about that too? You know, you're an experienced driver, but you've got your – you know, kids that maybe just got their license and it might be their first winter.
2: Right. I, I do think about that a lot. Um, and so, and, and actually that's, that's one, and our staff too, because mm-hmm. obviously they're going to be driving into uh, work, into the school buildings. But so um, I, I am, that's why I do drive the community. Um, you know, sometimes I'm in touch with what, um, what the city and the township, you know, maintenance uh, folks are doing as far as, you know, putting down salt or plowing or whatever. We also bring in our maintenance crew, so mm-hmm. we do all of our own snow removal, and so they come in very early as well, and so uh, it's not unusual for me to be able to get a report from another side of our district uh, or another um, parking lot of a school building of what the status of that is, too. So all that goes into hopefully making a, a good, well-informed decision. So,
0: Which do you think is, um, I guess, more challenging to deal with, a morning that progressively snows or a morning that you wake up and there's four inches of snow
2: um it's all about timing so um, (laughs) i i will tell you i do not like those mornings where you know there's a forecast that there's a you know a big storm coming in and at you know five five thirty six six thirty there's not a flake of snow Mm -hmm. on the ground Mm -hmm. but there's kind of this impending doom that's on its <laughs> way. Um, it's it's very hard to call school off when there's not a flake of snow on the ground. Yeah. Um, but I know it's it's so, you know, those are hard decisions to make. So um, so I, I guess I would tell you that if there's a bunch of snow, uh, and it's all about timing. So if the snow is coming in fast and furious, you know, from like 4 o'clock on and yeah. it looks like we're going to get you know, four to eight inches or something, and it looks like we know how long it's going to take our maintenance crew to, to clear all of our lots and to put down salt, and um, that sometimes makes for an easier decision. I will tell you, our parent community loves when I can make the call the night before. Yes, oh, absolutely. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't always hurt. <laughs> our staff, too, you know, so, yeah. you know, if you've got, uh, you know, kind of a blizzard effect coming in, and, and you just know that it's going to be snowing till two or three or four in the morning mm-hmm. and you're going to get a lot of a big accumulation. Then we'll, we'll try to do that in the evening and give our parents a break yeah. and let them know. So, so we,
1: how many school days do you have?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, several years ago, um, the, uh, in the state of Ohio and the higher department of education actually changed, um, the way that school districts can count school days. Um, it used to be that you had five days, they're called calamity days, and those could be for any calamity. So if you, know, if you had if you, if you had a, a water line break or something mm-hmm. like that, or a loss of electric power or something like that, and then you had to make up the days after that. Um, and then they went to an hours, and so there's a minimum hour, hourly requirement for elementary, middle, and high school students to attend school. Most school districts go above and beyond that minimum mm-hmm. hourly requirement. Um, but um, in our district, uh, both in cooperation with our, our teachers and our Board of Education, we decided that uh, five days is something that we believe was reasonable. And you know, we're in the business of teaching and learning and, and didn't feel like if we missed 10 days, it wouldn't be appropriate if we didn't make those up. So yeah. we currently still operate under five days Um, and then beyond that, we would make those days up. So on our school calendar, we always let our parents know that if we had to make up days after those five days, those would be added on to the end of the school year. Um, there could be some decisions made that, you know, maybe we wouldn't be off like president's day or something like that, but those would be decisions we'd make on that particular year, depending on circumstances. So. Uh, so we have five days, and anything beyond that, we do make up. Now, sometimes a two-hour delay is useful and helpful, um, and so we we didn't really put a limit on two-hour delays. Uh, sometimes just having those extra two hours will make a big difference, mm-hmm. and you can get everybody in safely and and have a, a pretty productive school day.
0: Yeah, I can really, I mean, with ODOT and even and then of course local, um, you know, ground crews. It is amazing to see what can be done. In two hours, as long as it's so snobs. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, wow, yeah. like, way to go, guys. Right. Like, yeah. it could really yeah. plow. We've got the salt. We've got, you know, of course, there are years where we're, cities are really strapped for their salt. And we have mm-hmm. had winters where they really do get, um, you know, get through their piles. But, right. I mean, I feel like Not some always. parents,
1: I don't know, maybe just because I see it on social media, I get a little frustrated when we're using the days for cold days, mm-hmm. you know, like oh, cold yeah, mornings. yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you do delays? Do you try to do delays more than than days? Do you stand I, I, outside in the cold <laughs> and say, does it feel too cold for you? Do <laughs> <Are> you sitting <laughs> out at 3 o'clock in the morning? No, it's too it's, cold. I can't sit at the
0: bus stop.
2: <laughs> the cold temperatures, I would tell you, has probably been the most challenging here in the most recent years mm-hmm. uh, to deal with. Uh, everybody has an opinion about what is too cold, and, right. and if you try to, to put the wind chill in there as well, those are hard, hard decisions to make. Um, so you asked, what do I do? Do I delay or close or cancel? Um, it, it it just kind of depends. Um you know, we don't have a, a wind chill limit. So if it's going to, if the wind chill is going to be like 30 below, that's, that's pretty severe. Yeah, Yeah. And, and we're probably going to be looking at doing something uh, Mm -hmm. if it's down there, but you know, if it's zero or minus 10, you know, we're, we're probably not because it is winter. It is going to be cold. And Mm -hmm. if you did that all the time, like you said, it's, you're going to miss a lot of school. So, but everybody has an opinion about that, and mm-hmm. everybody has uh, an idea of what you should or shouldn't do. Um, so I, I think sometimes people believe a delay is a good call. Many times, um, you know, the, the temperature isn't going to change much yes. within yeah, two hours. Yeah, a lot of those I, I do believe yeah. there is a little bit of a psychological factor that if it's daylight— There's just this feeling like it is a little bit warmer than it is when, you know, it's cold and it's dark and, you know, the wind chills, you know, the wind's howling and all Mm -hmm. of that. Right. So I think sometimes from a psychological standpoint, because many times the temperature is not... Exactly the same. It isn't any higher (laughs) than it would have been (laughs) two hours earlier. Um, So again, um, you know, we we try to do the best we can uh, and, and, you know, we do... You know, there, there are obviously um, those warnings or severe warnings or, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that, that we watch and listen to, you know, from the media as well and, and try to take all those things into account, so.
0: Yeah, that cold weather. I know. Those are tricky. Those are tricky warnings. We also have like a wide range of temperatures across the Miami Valley. Right. Um, some of our cities are, are pretty low-lying. Um, you've got a lot of our counties are really flat, too, so like. I, is blowing and drifting really that much of an issue in? Not not too much. Like Preble us. County, no. it's it's yeah. Like oh yeah, like right. Dark County, Preble County. I mean, I have talked to their superintendents before, mm-hmm. and they really sometimes they call it, and it's sunny in Dayton, and everyone's like, well, it stopped snowing a day ago, and yeah. right. it's windy, and they're like, no, it's all of our roads are ice and yeah. snow covered, yeah. Yeah. or even so it's some not usually. schools that have fog that develops right. more yes. than others. Yeah, we get yeah. a lot of. Different, especially our northern communities right. get a yeah. lot of the fog delays. They have yeah. to do
2: so. We we don't have too much of that problem. So
0: yeah. Well, that's good. I, I mean, is there any
1: way that you try to get in contact with the community a little bit as far as like what, what you guys are doing, especially when weather is, is happening? Yeah.
2: Right. Probably for the last six years, we have a um, a, a communication system that we mm-hmm. use. Currently, we're using a system called the Education Connection. And so I can access um, all of the parents in our school district and, and all of our staff. So I have one group that does both uh, at one time, all of the parents and all of the staff and, and give them an update of what we're doing, whether we're going to go on a delay or we're going to close or whatever. And, and I do that. I can leave. Uh, usually what I do is leave. A, I, I use the phone and I leave an audio message that way. It's also possible to do some texting and things like that. So. Um, that's been very popular. Um, in fact, it's it's sometimes interesting and, and funny to me that when I run into parents, uh, I run into parents Fourth of July in the middle mm-hmm. of the summer, and they're like. I know that voice, and it's yeah, and it's, like, it's because of those me. calls that I've made, and they're like, I always wondered what you look like. You know, that's I mean, are they if they didn't if they didn't know me before, they're like, I recognize your voice. So, Aww. so that's been a great tool though, because we're able to get the information out, yeah, uh, pretty quickly. And then there is also an opportunity for me to call, and and so obviously there's a way that I can access, uh, Channel Seven right. to put the and information. The so I still. So those mornings for me are pretty busy. Um, usually I'm out, uh, our director of business is out, our maintenance supervisor are out, and we're splitting up the, the, the territory, our district, and are driving different places and different routes, uh, taking a look at the radar, talking to our maintenance crew, talking to my colleagues, other superintendents. And then once we make the decision, the first call is to notify our parents and staff and then we we put it on the, the various TV channels, the media to get it out there as well. So all that's taking place um, as fast as we can once that decision is made, so.
0: Awesome, see that, cause I'm sure that's gotten better over the mm-hmm. <clears throat> 28 years that you, you have know, Technology. Been, uh, right, technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna leave you with one more question. That's fine. Kind of. Uh, as meteorologists, sometimes we get flack that uh, you're getting paid to be wrong. And I yeah, I always say, I promise you, if I blew a forecast, it kills me the most. Mm-hmm. I We beat each other up, we beat ourselves up. Um, you know, a lot of times for superintendents, you guys also get some uh, some harsh words that could be said that you're out to get those kids and they have to go to school. Um, but just hearing you explain like how involved you are, what's one thing you would say if, if a kid is like, you just want us to go to school. You don't want to give us <laughs> yeah. a snow day. <laughs>
2: Well, you're, you're right. I mean, everybody has an opinion about, you know, whether the call I make for those situations was the right call or not mm-hmm. the right call. Uh, it has been kind of funny over the last probably five years that, you know, with email and texting, uh, the students don't necessarily text me, but uh, <laughs> the high school students do send me emails periodically <laughs> and, and, and voice their opinions. And, and even if there's something pending, you know, if there's a forecast, yeah. and it's sometimes the night before I'll get emails and and depending on, you know, I do try to get back with them, as, uh, and, and it, sometimes it takes me a day or two to mm-hmm. respond back. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I would just say that uh, we work hard at it, um, and, and that's one of the reasons I am out. You know, I, I do, I don't make those decisions by sitting, you know, at home and looking out the window. You know, I'm mm-hmm. actually, I'm out in it, I'm, I'm driving it um, all over the community. Um, you know, I've got some of my my colleagues in the district um, doing the same thing in other parts of the district. Uh, we usually we'll meet at my office then, um, talking to other superintendents, to see what, what's going on in their communities, watching the radar. So, um, But, you know, you're right. Everybody has an opinion, and everybody has uh, different thoughts about. Uh, and it's also interesting to sometimes you have parents that move from, you know, states where they're used to having a lot of snow, yeah. Yeah. and they're going, are you kidding me? You know, we <laughs> closed for Cleveland, six inches? Cleveland, New York, of snow. you get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you get it. You We're know. not
0: sure what's going on a lot. <laughs> so
2: that's that's kind of interesting, too. Yeah. Uh, but I will tell you, we have a great uh, parent community, and, and overall, I think they understand that we, we work hard and try to make the, the best, safest decision that we can.
1: And so. I'm sure in the back of your mind, there's that part that's you know, we can't stack up all these days because we're going to have to pay it back at some point. Yes. So, you know, you're not going to put anybody in danger. But, right. you know, but right. that's why you're not giving a snow day yeah. just to, to give it every time there's a yeah. few flakes.
2: Yeah. Well, that and and you mentioned the cold temperatures, you know, yeah. it's wintertime and it is going to be cold. And so yeah. you know, every time it would get close to zero, um, you just can't not have school. Yeah. Um, but again, we make sure our buses are warm and our buildings are warm. And that's all that know, matters. All that yeah.
0: Well, you have been wonderful to talk to thank you um thank you so much for joining us sure. and i, I think uh, hopefully a lot of kids listen to this um and the, the thoughts from the superintendent who's been doing this uh for a decade uh, as the superintendent and like mm-hmm. i said almost 30 years uh, in centerville schools so uh very very uh wonderful to speak with you good thank luck on your new school year
2: thank you i appreciate it thanks
0: tom was awesome he really was i think we're gonna have a lot of kids and parents hopefully if you're ever wondering if you got a school snow day and you didn't get a snow day and you're wondering why, mm-hmm. I mean, he really broke it down.
1: He did. I was so surprised that he actually is going out in the middle of the night. And I really like. I want to ask my superintendent from back home. Right? Are Were you, you
0: doing, doing this? that? Because <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I think it's so interesting too how uh, much easier it is for like him to literally communicate with the entire school, yeah. all of his schools, all yes. at once, just with one push of a button he can send those alerts out so you know parents at work and all that stuff it's just like a lot easier it's not uh, I feel like my mom um she was a, t- she, a teacher's aide my entire life and when they would have a snow day they would do like a phone call chain yeah so I mean they I still that's do that the way it think, was. for teachers but at least back in the day that definitely was the only way that she was <laughs> being notified
1: yeah my brother is a teacher and I know he gets text messages yeah yeah so for for things
0: oh technology well Opposite of technology, put your phone down and go outside because we've got an excellent meteor shower uh, for the month of August. It's really one of the best meteor showers of the year in general. And uh, meteor showers in the summer, it's warm. It's, you know what I mean? You've got Mm -hmm. just... Most people are still off school, so this is the time. So it's the weekend of August 11th through the 13th. Um, The Perseid meteor shower is peaking. Uh, This usually produces about 60 to 70 meteors per hour, which when you think about it, that's a meteor per minute, which is a pretty decent rate. Um, It is best to get outside after midnight, Mm -hmm. though, and try to stay awake really during the early morning hours before the sun comes up. Uh, NASA had mentioned that the 12th into the 13th, so the night of the 12th, the morning of the 13th, might be slightly favored. So, mm-hmm. you know, mark your calendars for that. And, um, you know, the meteor showers get their names um, from the constellation that the meteors radiate from. Right. So this radiates from the constellation Perseus. And the actual meteors themselves are produced because the Earth goes through the debris of uh, Comet Swift-Tuttle. And that debris basically hits our atmosphere. And when it burns up, then we get to see a meteor. And if it's really bright when it burns up, we could see a fireball. And if it doesn't burn up completely and makes its way to the ground, then it's a meteorite. So um, pretty cool. This would be a good one for you to get outside and enjoy. And there are some fireballs actually associated with this meteor shower.
1: Ooh, so we'll probably see some reports about that. Yes. If you want to learn about uh, meteor showers and yeah. all things in space, go back and listen to our last podcast. Yes. Because we interviewed uh, astronomy educator Joe Childers from the Boonshaft uh, Museum. And he not only talks about... So much uh, meteor showers. He talks about NASA discoveries. Yeah, and he really taught us so much. I remember yeah. we just you know had so many more questions Sponges. afterwards. We couldn't stay and talk <laughs> with him forever. We had to get back to our other job. um But really exciting. But basically, just talking about meteor showers—the best way to see them, of course, weather. You know, if we have a yeah, clear sky, gosh, that's I'm the best way to see them. Fingers crossed. Um, you want to go out. Uh, away from city lights mm-hmm. you don't want anything that's going to dim any meteors right if you can find like a nice field to go to away from downtown um away from trees mm-hmm. any hills or mountains that of course will give you the full sky view um you want to take about 30 minutes or so your eyes will finally adjust to the darkness you also want to dress warmly because yeah. if it's a night where the temperatures are falling off you're going to be out there for quite some time right it does get cool and one thing joe told us which was interesting two things two suggestions he's had go with friends right don't colon because be the meteors aren't burn. happening like one right <laughs> after like, the other pew, <laughs> so, you know, it, it, Yeah, exactly He's the pew pew um, so you'll, you'll want to be able to talk to somebody while you're out yes. there and then also bring a chair or like a bean bag because he mm-hmm. said sitting on the ground you actually get cooler quicker yes so that will help your body to stay warm also what's really great is that this year we'll have a thin crescent moon so we're not even going to have a full moon or no. you know a waning or waxing moon that's going to dim any meteors. so yeah. really exciting yeah. and then a bonus in the sky uh, moon venus and jupiter uh, look to the west southwest after sunset between august 14th and the 16th the moon will be closest to venus on the 14th then it gets closer to jupiter by the 16th and we also yeah. talked about that with joe the moon is always a really great guide to right. be able to find the planets. And Mars is still visible. Oh, yes. It's I bright and red. I get so and excited <laughs> and I geek out every night when I go outside and I see this bright, yeah. looks like a red star, but it's actually yeah. the planet Mars.
0: And Venus is also, it's the uh, typically always like the brightest thing outside yes. of, you know, the sun. Um, so the fact that it's close to moon will be a really nice matchup for people to look mm-hmm. at in the Very middle of the celestial. month. Um, all right. So teachable moment time. It's been a while this, since we've had one of
1: these. I it, like. it
0: has. And this is a little bit, uh, I mean, it's kind of relevant really because I was on Twitter and I had seen a photo from um, space, a satellite image that had shown wildfire smoke um, moving almost entirely across the United States. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very interesting and maybe people don't always think about the fact that You could have something that's going on in California, which, by the way, thoughts and prayers to all of the first responders, all the firefighters, all the people that are impacted by those wildfires, um, you know, uh, because it is a really, really scary and dangerous situation for them. Um, But on a science side of things, it's really interesting to think that the smoke from California can make it all the way to the East Coast. And it can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will quickly just explain why. It's uh, basically the upper level winds in our atmosphere, uh, which referred to as the jet stream. When you have something that is burning so hot like a large wildfire, um, that heat, basically rises it takes up the smoke particles with it when it gets high enough it starts to get picked up then by our upper level wind pattern which in the United States for us it goes from the west to the east mm-hmm. so um, you can and we have in the Miami Valley actually vividly seen wildfire smoke from Canada yeah I think it was maybe last year or the year before Two ago. Yeah. yeah and you'll you'll see it so whatever direction the jet stream is and sometimes it's curvy where it you know may dip further south and then rise back up um, you will see that smoke particles basically go in that pattern. If they stay in the upper levels of the wind, then they're, they don't really pose a threat to us. Yeah. Um, but sometimes those particles can get brought down. So if you do notice your sunset's really vivid or kind of a milkiness to the sky, and it's yeah. not really a cloud deck and you can tell, um, you do want to pay attention to what's going on with the air quality in your community. Yeah. Because sometimes those particles can come down, and they could impact the air quality even here in Ohio. Uh, One thing also that's really cool when it comes to the sunsets, uh, basically what's happening, why if you have um, some of that smoke up in um, in the air around sunset time is the particles themselves are blocking out the shortwave colors um, and they are instead allowing more of the long wave mm. colors which would be like the oranges and the, the reds and the yellows, to get through yeah. to your eyes so that's why the sunsets and sun like look so vivid mm. if you have the smoke in the air like that yeah. really high up, though. It's really high, and it's not super concentrated when it travels that far, so just keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. Similarly, but not smoke-related, right. is another phenomenon called a Saharan dust or Saharan yes. dust cloud. This is actually dust that has blown off the west coast of Africa mm-hmm. and forms somewhat the same in the sense that the very hot desert creates yeah. convection, and it can pull this dust up into the upper-level winds, and then it gets pushed off the west coast of Africa. Interesting as how it impacts our Atlantic hurricane season. Yes. Because the dust is also a very dry substance. It brings yeah. dry air with it, and it can go all the way across the Atlantic, even into the Caribbean. We've right. heard uh, you know, articles of Saharan dust making it all the way into parts of the Caribbean and Texas huh. on the southeastern coast of the U.S. But what it does, that dry air actually... Uh, keeps tropical systems from forming or mm-hmm. at least getting as large as you as know or intense can. as they could get yeah. and we've had a lot of Saharan dust coming off the yeah. west coast of Africa this year and at this point uh, we've only had four named storms mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so, yesterday actually Debbie was just named yeah. um, so crazy how that, all that stuff uh, works also I was reading that that Saharan dust plays an impact on the coral reef yeah. it does get blown all the way into the Caribbean it does have an impact on the coral reef that's a under the water, because like you said, those particles do they eventually come down. come down to
0: the, to the ground. So. Right. So it's just really interesting to see how all these different things, um, you know, can be impacted and just how our wind flow mm-hmm. across the globe is yeah. connected and impactful. Yeah.
1: Now, uh, uh, coming up in future podcasts, uh, going back to the wildfires, like you said, um, we did just find out that one of our Skyworn guys yeah, is out Gary with Clark. the Red Cross, mm-hmm. out, uh, out west for the wildfires. So. Hopefully when he's he safe back, yeah. and um, is willing to want to talk to us when he comes back. Yeah. I know at this point I think he would like to, but you never know those experiences. And, right, how they know, impact you. If, if, he's,
0: if he's up willing. for it,
1: we would love to have him on. And um, so be thinking ahead. If you have any questions and you want to ask uh, Gary from Skywarn, um, please send them in to us. We'll, we'll be sure to pass them along.
0: Yeah, don't forget as well, you can always go back and listen to past episodes, um, send us a comment, like, rate, and subscribe to this podcast um, so you can keep getting our latest episodes anytime. And you can listen to us on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, as well as whio.com. Right at the top of the website, there is a radio tab, and under the radio tab says On Demand, and you'll find us there.
1: Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.